Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Stories on the Fly podcast. I'm your host Austin Mitchell and this week we have on Scott LaSalle. Now Scott, I met through Instagram, a fellow musky guy on the fly and everything, but I got interested and follow, started following Scott because he actually posted up pictures of him casting for Bonefish and Tarpon in Grand Cayman about actually a couple of months uh, before I was about to go down there so hit him up for some insight and started following him and seeing all the fish that he caught musky fishing and stuff like that up in Canada so this is gonna be a good one for all of you guys especially the musky guys um before we get into that as always follow me on Instagram austin.mitchell1 I am still running the contest for this month so tune in at the end of this and I will explain more details on that but uh, you'll have a chance to win some flies possibly. So tune in at the end of the podcast. I'll go over that again, how you can get entered. Um, but follow me on Instagram. Uh, there you'll be able to find what's going on as well as links to the show and everything. But without any more waiting, let's get into this. And we're here with Scott. How's it going, man? Good, you awesome. Good, good. So, before we get into your stories, sounds like a couple of musky and maybe a bonefish story. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, my name is Scott LaSalle. I'm uh, from Ottawa, Canada there. Um, 22. Been in this for a little bit, not too long there. Probably started uh, fishing when I was uh, seriously probably 16. So, a few years, a few years at the books. Um, <laughs> my bad no no uh, you're good you're good yeah um musky i kind of got lucky there uh, my first musky happened to be fishing from a bank honestly uh i've heard local rumors around uh around town there that there's musky in this tiny little river called the jock that runs runs through and uh, lo and behold there i get uh spent a couple outings two three four trips nothing saw nothing and then one day boom i get a 36 and then about three casts later i get uh my first taste of what a real musky was <laughs> mind you these were on top these were on top water on conventional gear right okay i didn't start i didn't start uh, fly fishing until uh probably about three years ago yep. for musky so i got a good taste at uh, the musky game on gear really early on because my second fish that came uh, about three four casts later was just tip over 50 inches <laughs> oh my gosh so this is your second muskie ever that you got this is my second muskie ever and it's uh, oddly enough was my first ever double fish day <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god i kind of set the bar uh, high i guess right? yeah Especially, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> and then, uh, lo and behold, um, I, I, I was hooked from then, or, then, or, then out pretty much, right? So yeah. I actually went out in uh, in that time, basically by the time I went out next, which was about a week and a half, two weeks later, I'd already bought a new rod and a reel. <laughs> I went out, I enjoyed it so much that I just pounded money into it. And then it, I raised the bar once again off the same dock there. I pulled uh, a 52-inch muskie off that same dock on top water. Oh my so, gosh! So this is for well, th this is with gear, right? This is yeah. This is this is with gear. And then um, I was lucky enough there uh, when I got my first muskie on the fly boat three years ago. I was with uh, my best friend there, David O'Sullivan, who used to have uh, Urban Fly Co there. We were, we were out on the, the Ottawa River there, and this is just before he got his 52 on the fly, but he managed to get me my first muskie on the fly. It was about 38. And the difference is, on, a, on the flyer compared to gears, is just you put the time in and the effort. Like, you can get a 30 and be happy on a fly, whereas you bat an eye at a 30 on gear some days, right? Yep, yep. So it, it was nice. God, though, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was me, so, me, Sully, and Cam there, so uh, one of our local uh, guys who works at Sail there. We were just fishing, and uh, we were kind of swapping out, right? Three people in a boat. It's a bit much, so yep. it was a good day, and uh, <laughs> I ended up being the only one who 
fish there that day. Oh, that's awesome. It was nice. Made for a long day, though, because you obviously get them first thing in the morning, but yep. hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it makes up for the day getting your first if it's a long day like that, so those yeah, fish last a little bit longer than a bass or something like that. Yeah, it just makes the day go by, though. <laughs> yeah. You get it done first thing in the trip, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I would no definitely... Problem. I would definitely be switching over too from gear to fly if my first two of my first three fish were over 50 inches. Yeah. <laughs> got to make it a little bit more difficult at that point. Yeah, well, I, was, I haven't got the 50 on the on uh, the fly just yet, right? So yeah. I uh, I think I, I pushed that there. I was out actually same thing probably two weeks ago. It would have been if it wasn't 50, it would have been damn near 50 oh. inches. What uh, what I stuck and lost there, but. The, it's, uh, <laughs> we, all, we all know the big girls that run and jump at you, so it's hard to keep them pinned, right? Yep, yep. So, Especially. It was it was painful. <laughs> and then, uh, but no, probably my favorite story comes again with uh, my buddy David O'Sullivan there. We were fishing Lake Stoke over there last year, end of, the, end of November. Really shitty stuff, really shitty conditions. Wind out of the east, it just howled, right? But uh, the best part was, like it's a it's about a two hour two and a half hour drive for me. It's about four four and a half for him, right? So Oof. it's it's a mission just to get there. It's a small mission, mind you, but yeah, we get there. Winds out of the east. It's just starting to pick up. We say, screw it, we're going out, and it paid off. There, it was probably it's my favorite moment because uh, I got uh, I got the first fish there about forty three forty four if I remember. And then he ended up next cast there. As soon as we put my girl back in, he ends up getting a 46, 47. Oh, back to back like that? Back to back. Oh, that is awesome. Him, you can see him just stacked up on the uh, on the sonar there. It was crazy. Oh, we, yeah. we, were, we, were, we ended up getting blown off the water. We were only out if an hour and a half, right? Okay. So that we this long drive, we're out there an hour and a half. We said, okay, we've got to try somewhere else. Yeah. So we we end up going down river though, but same thing. Wind kept up, kicked us off the river. Oh man! <laughs> and for all the people down south, like in Wisconsin and stuff, November in Canada, I'm guessing is not like November here. No, it like, is nasty. Uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> you you wake up and it's probably two degrees in the morning. By the time the sun starts to roll out, oh, this is uh, Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yep. So. Uh, you you wake up, it's like two degrees, zero, two degrees out, and then by the time the sun rolls out, you're six, eight degrees, right? So oh. it doesn't really warm up too, too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have those days here, but it seems, it seems lately, our Novembers, and even in December, like, it's still fairly fishable, but I'm guessing up there, it, it, it shuts down pretty quick, I'm guessing, end of November. At end of November, like, we've definitely had, I've definitely fished out, uh, my season closeners, closer is uh, December 15th, right? Okay. So, I've definitely fished, I've got, we've got fish on season closer, we've got fish the day before, the 14th, right? It really just depends, right? We've been out in snowstorms. Yeah. I've been out on the kayak in a snowstorm, I've been <laughs> out in the boat in a snowstorm, right? Yeah. So, until December 15th, or until the water ice is over, then the... Uh, and then we're still fishing, really, so... Nice. Like, yep. the muskie like it when we don't like it, so that's the best part, really. Yep, definitely. <laughs> awesome. They outwit us a lot, but, like, sometimes you just got to battle through. And oh, yeah. that's when it pays off. Yep. Those days where it's nasty and shitty out, man, yeah. one fish can warm you up quick. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> And it's always these super moons and all that. Like the, the number of times, like again, you know the, the deal on the fly there. Yeah. You'll miss twenty before you catch one. Oh right? yeah. Like I'm, I'm, again, me and me and uh, Sully there, we fish. We fish quite often there. He's actually uh, gracious enough. I have his boat there. He's uh, on the rotation at work, and he's left me with the boat. Ooh, there you go. No, That's not a bad yeah, deal. So he, I actually have uh, use of his boat there. Well, he's away at work, which I'm very thankful for. Oh, so, shit. thank you, Sully. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, he's he's the guy we've got. He, the number of fish that we've moved, lost, dropped, watched backflip. Oh my, obscene. Yep. He got me on my biggest on the fly, at least 45 inches. Oh, so. that's a hell of a fish. 
it's a hell of a fish. That's know? anything. And, um, that's a that's a hell of a fish. Even gear, or whatever. Anytime you're you know pushing that mid forty range, that's a hell exactly. of a fish. Once you once you pass forty four, forty five, the fish are a different yep. level game. It seems. Oh yeah. Sure. I still got to beat his personal best though, which is fifty two on the fly. Oh, boy, was that a really <laughs> fish? Yeah, that's the one where it's kind of. Like leaning, like he's got the tail kind of leaning down towards. Is he yeah. like kneeling in the boat and stuff like that too? Or yeah, it's uh, him in the khaki shorts there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yep. that was a perfect fish. Uh huh. That thing looks absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> it was. It was so clean, and man. Were you in? Fish. Were you in the boat with him for that one? I wasn't with him on that one, so my buddy Cam was. So he was the the other guy in the boat when I got my first muskie on the okay. fly. Okay. Yep. But man. It, it was something else. <laughs> I yeah, I can't imagine even seeing a fish like that. You know, down here yeah. we get we get our upper, you know, our big fish. But Canada is just a whole different game with those big fish like that. It seems like we really do have a good, a very healthy population of muskie. Yeah. Now. I make it difficult on myself, right? We're fishing <laughs> one of the larger rivers in Canada, right? The Outer River. We have 1,400 kilometers of river to fish. There's only so many muskie in that river, right? Yep. So it <laughs> takes a bit of time to find them. So, But when you do, <laughs> when you do. When you do, it's uh, it, it, it pays off, that's yeah. for sure. Like, there's the number of 50-inch-plus muskie pulled out of the auto river is insane there's been the odd 60 even right so yeah i think um bill craig one of our local local legends there i think 60, 62 for sure but it could have been 64 i just can't remember off the top of my head in one right? year no that's his biggest fish right oh 64 is his biggest fish yeah holy shit okay so, yeah there's there's some big fish potential in Definitely. the auto river it's just finding them right yep so yeah same thing another buddy terry shepherd there down in uh montreal area so, man he finished off the season there with uh with four i believe and the smallest being 54 <sighs> 256 is a 55 and a 54 oh my gosh like, yeah that's mind crazy you, though, that's not on the fly right no but, but <laughs> when your batting average is above 50 it's yeah, it's crazy. So there's yeah. definitely some big water potential up here, and yep. even the, the water that we have around for um, we have tons of water for the smaller muskie, right? So, okay. Like, there's a lot of um, red, like water that runs through residential and all that. So you'd be surprised. You'd be fishing in a neighborhood, and you could bag uh, anywhere from a thirty to a forty, left, right, and center. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's like, our waters great yeah it's, nobody ever thinks of it everyone thinks like st Clair, like the woods yeah like so all that like it's great water right we have comparable water <laughs> <laughs> that is nobody crazy plan a trip to the to nation's capital yeah that's really cool that just you know step out your door and there's musky water right there and there's something about you know like getting out and fishing those remote lakes and stuff like that is cool but same it here, is. like, I'm fishing middle of the capital, like you said, basically. And yeah. it's 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 cool to hear the cities and, you know, stuff like that and be catching, you know, those type of fish, so. Exactly. Like, I've caught, uh, we have the Rideau Canal there, and then, again, there's the Yellow River. We have, uh, you take pictures and muskie and your backdrop is uh, Parliament Hill, right? Yep. Or there's, uh, you're fishing the, the Rideau Canal. And you're reeling and fish, and you're you can listen to the Red Blacks game that's going on behind. Uh, you. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's I can picture it literally because that's exactly how how ours is. I mean, like Lake Monona is a Madison chain, and you can literally see the state capital while yeah, you're exactly. fishing it. It's so it's, it's it's really cool. It's a whole different perspective. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. It just pays off to have the half the picture is uh, half the battle is the picture at the end. Right? Yep, <laughs> that's the, we don't keep them so pretty much the goal is to exactly. take a picture of them. So. <laughs> exactly, and we just had to reinfine re there. People think that oh, you catch a like to, to some people there uh, like a, 
a mid forties muskies, nothing, right? They bat it off, they chirp you, all that. It's like, oh yeah, you oversells me for that. But it's like when you when you get one on the fly, it's not the same. No. You, you don't celebrate for a mid like a mid forties fish like you would on a fly. Oh flyer. yeah. Like the at the time you put in, it's just ludicrous. Like, yep. We had a an incident of this there probably a couple of weeks ago there boat low hold us and uh, we jumped spots there and as he goes he was passing by us this other boat there guiding two clients uh, we end up bag Sully ends up bagging a nice thick four to five Ooh. and he, like <laughs> you, you take the moments like that you definitely want to celebrate for oh yeah <laughs> 100% I still like, celebrate 30s so yeah the painful part is, the, the rewarding part was that is usually when uh you donate something to the musky gods there, it usually pays off, right? Yeah. So probably about half an hour, 40 minutes before that, I ended up losing a rod in a <laughs> to the uh, Ottawa River. No. Dropped a Lost a 12-weight. I mean, Sully watched that go down like the Titanic. There's nothing you can do about Just it. Just bounced off the boat? Yeah, we hit a wave wrong, right? So it was just, it was one of those things that just stopped us dead in the water and boat rod jumped out so there's nothing you can do about oh, it oh right? no but can i ask what kind of rod it was it was a uh it was a saint croix legend elite salt water right? it was a 12 weight okay but it had uh, my mirage on it my uh jet my oh. gen, gen one mirage Ooh. so Ooh. it hurt it hurt because it had all the the memories of my there's first muskie on it there's all the fish on it all oh, my first no. fish so I, it was bittersweet. I got something coming in the mail. You'll see that soon enough. Nice. Though. Okay. But, uh, All right. Keep an eye out sick. for that. Yeah. Oh man, that's no. So we lose that rod there, and then it's it's quiet next to half thirty forty minutes, right? Yep. So then, obviously, the low hole happens, and then we bag that forty five. These things you forget about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes the trip worth it, yep. even though. It, is an expense right makes it worth it yeah like you so. said though the memories are almost worth more than the price of that reel though oh yeah it, it hurt that's yeah for sure but back on that rod though there for the musky sticks there for all the sticks i've i've tried it's probably by far my favorite right you have saint croix's lifetime no questions asked yep. if he's standing behind it yeah and I was I was using the Helios two there for the longest time, right? But I keep breaking them. I've broken five in two and a half years, right? So I've had the the Legend Elite Saltwater just as long, and that rod, God has caught tenfold more fish than the Helios two has, and in that same two and a half year period, it's been fished probably hundred times more. Wow, that's never broken. Like it's indestructible. It's a great stick. Yeah, it's about. Six seven hundred Canadian, but for what you get out of it, it's it's probably the best stick there is. Right? Yeah, yeah. You can take six hundred grains all day long with it. Like it's obscene. Yep. And I mean that's like, that's all people fish down here because that's we're you know it's the factory. I can drive to the factory basically. So there, that's awesome. It's right in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think. Where is the St. Croix factory? It's somewhere in Wisconsin, up by yeah, Eau Claire, I think, or something like that. But yeah, I'm not it's, sure, to be honest. Yep, it's somewhere in Wisconsin, basically. So that's all that people fish around here is St. Croix, even the that, gear yeah, rods. I love my St. Croix yep. as well. Like, yep. I have them for all my uh, casting gear as well. It's, um, it's an amazing rod, yep. right? So, yep. And the, the, again, the no questions asked warranty, it's a quick, even for me up in Canada, it's about two and a half, three weeks, which is more than reasonable. Oh, right? yeah. Whereas, like, my Helios 2, God, I even drove down to the factory to get one replaced instead of sending it out through the mail. The last time I did that, it took 62 days. No. <laughs> you can't You can't be without a rod for no. two months. Not at no. all. That's not, <laughs> yeah, because at that point, you might as well just buy a new one at that point. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what led me to buying the the, the Legend Elite Saltwater Saltwater in the first place. Okay. Because it just took way too. It takes way too long to yep. to deal with the, the return process. Yeah. So it is what it is on that point. I still stand how 
that rod that's on the bottom of the auto was I still say that's probably <laughs> the best musky stick there is for fly fishing. Oh yeah. I've never might tried have, that Legend Elite. I might have to give that a shot sometime because it's, it's a it's a I love it. It's a good rod. And then the, the next best thing there, and I have a couple of these. They're not mine though. They're Sully's again. But uh, the TFO Esox and yep. the Mangrove. Okay. Great rods as well too, right? They're designed for the five six hundred grain range. So yep. they're great. And the reminder that uh, he keeps he keeps pointing and prodding at is. Uh, you don't need an expensive line holder here. He's got a Lampson, I think Speedworks. Like okay. Eight years old, and it's it's a line holder, right? Yep. You don't need anything. A hundred percent. So. Yeah, I always tell people <laughs> when they're like asking for like reels and stuff like that for musky, like get a Behemoth or something like that, because at least you and can. And that, that's the thing. The Behemoth is actually a decent reel yep. for the price. Yep. You can fish. You can still take it down if you fish saltwater once a year, twice a year, maybe once every three years. It's a reel that's still capable yep. of fishing in the salt. It has, like, depending on the size, obviously, it has the capacity, it has the drag for it. Yep. So, 100%. They're a great reel and they're pretty, fairly inexpensive for what you get. Yeah. I think I paid, I th- I have two eight weight ones and I think I paid like 120 maybe US for both of them. Yeah. That's so, not bad. I think I think up in Canada they're about a buck sixty, buck eighty. That so. sounds about right then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a fairly damn well damn good reel for what you get there. Yeah. Yeah. You compared can't go wrong to, with it. Yeah, compared to like some of the like the Orvis and everything like that that runs eight nine hundred dollars, the loops and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I they, I love mine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but I definitely know whenever. I'm in the process of picking up all the pieces for a new setup there, right? So yep. I'm uh, I'm gonna go the, I'm gonna go that route where you want the smaller reel. You don't need the diameter. You yes. go the airflow big game death finder. You get 150 feet, 50, 30 foot head, and like 120 feet of running line. Yep. It's the perfect musky line. Oh yeah. And then when you want to switch things up there, you use the the I have one of those Echo badass glasses and the 12 weight there. Okay. Well, you want something that's to change it up. You want to, like you want to be able to cast 16, 18 inch flies left, right, and center, no problem. You line that up, and it's a rocket ship. Really? Because I yeah. have a bunch of echoes, and I love my echoes, and I've been jonesing to try and one of those uh, badass glass rods. They're a sick rod. Are like, they? I have the oh. I have the nine foot. Now I, they say the eight foot quick shot gets the rod to load a lot quicker. Okay. And it's, it's a, apparently a different animal compared to, completely different animal compared to the nine foot there. But I have the nine foot 12 weight. I have, uh, and here's where it gets crazy. So I have my other Mirage there. It's just because it's, it's uh, size six, so it's huge, right? I have a 450 foot uh, grain sonar uh, depth, not sonar depth, sonar, yeah, the sonar, the, the intermediate sync 3.5. Yep. Have that as the running line to an 850 grain scientific angler depth charge head, just to be able to cast these flies. <laughs> and that rod handles it. This rod takes so it's 1300 grains, right? So yeah, it takes it like it's nobody's business. Mind you, you're not going to be casting 70, 80 feet with yeah. it, right? You'll be casting 50, 40, 50 feet, right? Yeah, now, it's, but it's tough, but. It get it's what you want to get it down there. Yeah, so. those late fall days to get big stuff down quick and still have oh, that yeah. deer hair and stuff the the volume exactly. to push some water. Deer hair floats, and uh, that's for sure. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and it just oh, it's perfect. You get that perfect sweep that you want from a line one year fly fishing, right? So, yeah. Instead of keeping it inches for above the surface, but the greatest part is when you use these big flies too. It's just control your speed. You can strip it in like it's nobody's business and have it still burn six inches under the surface, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the best part. Yes, because so. that is a problem that I've been figuring out now that I'm starting to get more and more bigger and bigger as the years go. That man, yeah. it is difficult to keep when you're trying to, you know, those midsummer days when you're burning. It's hard to keep yeah, those bigger flies down. 
Exactly. They want to. Some sometimes they're almost like working a topwater. Yeah. Like a popper, almost even right. So you get the big Buford heads and full deer hair, deer deer uh, bucktail bodies and all that. Like some of these flies don't even start sinking hat till halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. Uh, it's just hair and and feathers. And especially when you're fishing river, you want to get that yeah, thing so down as quick as possible. Exactly, and that's that's what I fish predominantly is the rivers, right? So it really plays with you, right? You want to get that, you want to get it down deep and quick, right? Because <laughs> your boat's still moving half the time, yep. whenever, and your fly's still there. So yep. the worst is whenever it starts dragging behind you, right? So yes. that's the other thing. Make a hundred foot cast every time. God, you're spending so much more energy doing that cast instead of, or you can do like a 40, 50 foot cast. Yeah, you're not getting that extra coverage, but you're at least going to get the proper action out of your fly instead of it trolling behind the boat. Yep, a hundred percent. Fish less water better is one of the best quotes I've ever heard. Yeah, and then like even right now, I was in a tournament there with a buddy Rio there on uh, Friday, and it was unfortunate we were one of the boats who didn't bag a fish there, but what I've been, at the end, everyone who got fish was saying, yeah, fish are up in five, like every fish caught would caught between five and seven feet of water on the river, and it's like, damn. <laughs> I should have been doing my gut that. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started fishing, I started fishing, uh, I started fishing on the fly that day, but I, I didn't continue through, right? We had an eastern wind blow through and then just turned into a trolling afternoon, right? Okay. So it was painful. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful. You wake up at 4 a.m. and then you have to leave because you work at 8 p.m. So. Oh. <laughs> and then you had to troll all day, too, which... <laughs> Pretty much trolling all day. We got, oh, God, we got a hose bait stuck on bottom, so probably spent 15 minutes and half and two heart attacks trying to get that off the bottom. <laughs> and then uh, my, tro- my, my buddy there got... Uh, <laughs> puts the line in the motor oh, <laughs> oh, oh joy. yeah you call it a day at that point oh i was ready to call it yeah <laughs> that's awesome well yeah, you want to fish that day okay big fish that day was 47 and we got nothing but bottom in a motor yeah that's yeah that's not a bad yeah 47 it's is not bad fish. yeah mind you it was it was they were casting six again five to seven feet so Oof, it was that's awesome, tough but yeah, those, yeah those days those are the ones that territory that's for sure yeah that's the same thing uh that big girl i told you there that i dropped a couple weeks ago on the fly was in about five six feet of water so and i think i think personally they hang out in that depth of water longer than people really think i do as well like it's it's pretty optimal right you have because you can, uh, they still get enough sun, but yep. it, it it warms up and cools off quick, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then the wheat, the wheat coverage, and all that. So there's a whole bunch of factors that I understand but don't really know, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's probably one of the best depths I find to fish in anywhere from six to twelve feet. Is yep. My favorite. Yep. A hundred percent. I have never been good at fishing deep, and I just feel like I don't know. I just have. I'm comfortable in that shallow water. I know people that kill it in deep water, but that's exactly. a whole nother, whole nother game that I have not figured out yet. Exactly. But speaking of shallow water, there we have a buddy, mutual buddy there, Joel Jefferson. Yes. Uh, Let's do it. I was, I was hoping we would talk some bonefish because I'm about two months away from leaving again, so we need to talk some, some Grand Cayman. Yeah. So. This year, this year was nice. I, I spent uh, I spent thirty days down south again this time there, and uh, it was nice just to be able to get away and fish. Mind you, it was, it's still if you think muskie's a big learning curve, try going down to the salt when you don't actually know what you're doing. A hundred percent. I yeah. couldn't agree more and, with that that statement. Oh. <laughs> I did finally get uh, I tried I remember the first time when I went down three years ago uh, I didn't have Joel as my guide at that time I had a guide uh, Randy Parchment right yep. but we were we were waiting in uh, uh, it wasn't Barker's but 
no, it might have. No, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Okay. But we were waiting in in um, hip deep water, right? Bonefish tailing three o'clock. Ooh. Eight. I strip line off off the eight weight. The drag. Something was messed with the drag. It was just free spooling on me. So I just switched it out for uh, his ten weight. So stripping line off the get the get the stripping line off the ten weight there. And I didn't. I I didn't know. Right. You. You don't fight these guys with almost any drag, right? So yep. you go in, you just strip the line off, you don't think. But by the time I uh, get the cast there, or get the fish, as soon as line gets taut, pops off, drags too tight. I was like, oh, well, that could have been a good forewarning, oh. right, for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So you lose the ch- chance that, uh, Randy said they're about nine-pound bonefish, right? So yep. heartbreaking. Oh. <laughs> but then skip skip a couple of years there, uh, this trip there. I hit up a good buddy there, Joel. He got you on your first couple of bonefish yes, there. Yes, he did. And, uh, man, Joel's good shit. He's What did he's I tell you? I told you, man. <laughs> he is one of the best that I've awesome. ever been out with. He's awesome. And then uh, the best part, though, he, he uh, took me on my so basically it was my second last day of the trip right I told I told myself I wanted to try to fish on my own to get one right yeah like I spent hours and hours and hours fishing many casts and the problem is I don't know how to see see them like how he does yes a hundred percent you'll cast at the three you see but you'll spook the 60 you didn't see yep <laughs> yep <laughs> And, and that's what happened there. We uh, get to the first spot there, and he's like, okay, there's a school of about 200 to your right. And I look, and I'm like, I see two. <laughs> 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 and he's like, yeah, so we got this. And then there was, he said there's a bunch of little permit, like in, a, in the pound range and the odd snook, right? But we, the goal was to get the bonefish. Yep. So we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Now it wasn't any glory story like uh, like that first bone I hooked in with Randy there, but you know what? The first one's the first one. Uh huh. It's done, and it's a memory that. Yes. It's just, it was awesome. Yeah. It was. It was. Oh, I think we you, we don't didn't measure it, but I'd say it was a it was about a pound and a half maybe. Yeah. Yep. So it was a decent little bonefish. Yep. And then uh, he didn't put me on one, but two. Do that day, so it's a good. It was a good day. A good day to finish off the trip, at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because then I flew out at uh, like eight in the mo- eight the next morning. Oh man, that's yeah, yeah, coming in clutch. Yeah, coming in clutch, and man, I couldn't thank him anymore. Like, mm-hmm. Made it, made made the trip. Yeah, and right? you 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 fished in Georgetown for tarpon. You've seen all the tarpon in Georgetown oh, there. Crazy. I was that guy fishing on the in the fish market. I was that kid fishing off uh, past Sunset House there. I was that kid fishing on the rocks with a fly rod, and people were coming in off the cruise ships and taking pictures of me. It's like I'm doing I'm doing nothing special here. Yeah. Take pictures if I catch a fish. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. And that's like, so like I've, I don't know. I've had my shots at all the tarp in there, but it's like man. And everyone on the island has told me, you won't catch one there, you won't catch one there. I still haven't caught one there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like cinder blocks. I've hooked into numerous, but, yep. man, and I thought planting hooks on a muskie was hard. <sighs> Trying to plant hooks in a tarpon's mouth Just, when you don't know what you're doing. It's like yes. setting a hook on cinder blocks. Uh-huh. Yep, and then you do they hook crush barbs. They straighten the hooks. They, yep. fuck, they shred leaders. Like, oh yeah, it's no one's business. I had the one that um, I hooked down there with Joel that he didn't that he knew I was gonna break off. Um, yeah, he we had. I think he said he had twenty five. It was a snook setup basically, and he had twenty pound fluoro on it. Yeah, and it it tore through it like it was two pound tests. It was, yeah, and it crazy. was, it was a small fish too. It was, you know, pr- maybe a forty-pound tarpon. It was yeah. nothing big, and it just snapped that thing like it was no nothing. I think the the worst, the most painful one uh, that I had to deal with was we were we come down to the dock there one day, and uh, I see there's this massive snook. It's probably 30, 32 inches, right? It's huge. Yep. So, I'm thinking, holy 
shit. I try casting at that, and I see a tarpon start rolling over, and I'm like, oh, awesome. I start making a cast, and then um, this local guy who who owned a bait shop there, don't remember which one it was, but he comes up behind me, and he, he sees it. He sees the tarpon rolling, and he's like, you going after that? I'm like, going to try. And he's like, good luck. <laughs> and he, he tells me exactly how to place the cast and all that, but as soon as I place the cast, he's like, it's going to turn for it. And it's spooked. Oh. And he just walked off the dock laughing. He's like, if you want a tarpon or a shark, come to my bait shop. And he's like, 25 bucks or something like that, CI. And he's like, yeah, I'll get you a tarpon or a shark, whatever you want. <laughs> and I'm like, I, like it'd be cool, but yeah. I don't want to catch a, I don't want to catch a, I don't want to catch that on uh, like bait and chilled yeah. up water. Right? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. But no, he got he walked off the dock. He walked off the dock laughing, like <laughs> turpin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I think I think I might put in a day or something this year yeah. for him. But well, those bonefish oh, are just. Man. I don't know. When I was down there, those bonefish, I've always wanted to catch one, and then when I did, there's something that I'm hooked on those things, big yeah. time. I know I, there was uh, one day there, I spent, I probably stalked this one bone for at least a mile, and <laughs> it got, the, it was, I made, I made four shots at it, right? So yeah. it was spooky, it would go deep, and then it would come back in to, the ta- to, to be tailing, right? So... I was chasing it for a solid mile, <laughs> and then I get my best shot at it because I was finally able to get in front of it. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm watching it; it's hunting, it's tracking my fly, and then I catch a barracuda. Oh this no! Barracuda comes out of nowhere, spooks this bonefish, <laughs> and gets my fly instead. Man, is it ever devastating? Yes. Yeah. Well, you're watching it; it's hunting perfectly, coming in at you. And it's still two rod, two full lengths out, right? Yeah. So it was <sighs> devastating just to have that shot ruined by a barracuda. Yes. <laughs> yep. I know when we were down there, Joel was like, yeah, I hate those things because it's the exact thing that you said. They ruin so many fishing situations, it sounds like. Oh, it's not even funny. How, <laughs> like, it's just it's devastating. Yeah. Because I, I, I hunted that fish and... To have that happen, it was just, it was painful. Yep, and when you know you're on a time limit, too, that's the worst thing. Exactly. When it's like, you like, know, I only have X amount of time to try and catch this fish. It, you know, it's not like muskies where you know you're always going to have a shot. You don't know when your next shot at a bonefish is going to be living up in Wisconsin or Canada. <laughs> exactly, I'm pretty sure... Uh, it's next time I go on vacation. Yep. <laughs> no northern bonefish up there? Uh, no, we have carp. That's really about it. Yeah. Man, that's what I'm going to try to dabble in at least a bit this year, uh, this next coming season. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I heard they're close, but, no. but I don't know if anything could compare to those. No, exactly. <laughs> These carp that I see, that I see it would definitely put up the fight, but oh, yeah. they're not going to be... Uh, they're not going to be moving nearly as fast, that's for sure. Yeah. They're a little on the hefty side. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. We have those around here, too, so... Yeah, that's I think... awesome. Yeah, I think... But I know for sure that when you go back down, definitely definitely hit up the Barkers if you haven't hit it, hit it up yet. That's It's nice up there. Okay, yeah, because... The, the head of the Barkers. Okay. Don't stop halfway through the park, just keep going right to the end of the park there. Got it. And... I think the the t- the one tip is once you get that past that uh, Papagallos there, it's all you take every left. You don't take a right getting into the park. You'll okay. get lost. Oh, okay. That's the the head of the parkers. Got it. Okay. Because yeah, we're staying um, kind of by like Starfish Point, up by like Rum Point and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, you're on the exact opposite of the island. Yeah. That was, that you can't get any. You can't get any farther away no, from Barker's. No, but than, we're already. <laughs> yeah, the wife and I are planning a trip over that way. So I'm like, yeah. you know, if we go over there, I want to spend like a half a day up in Barker's, just yeah. because I've heard good things about it. If you can time it right and everything, so I think. Oh, you yeah. If you time it right, you'll see everything. Like we, I had a nurse shark roll through. Oh, that's within cool. casting reach, but. I, I, you're not set up with wire for that, right? Yeah. You're set up for tarpon, yeah. fluorocarbon, and all 
that, so why lose the fly, right? Uh-huh, yeah. But it would have been something else, and it was probably four feet, right? So okay. It would have been a decent fight for the 12 weight. Oh, yeah. Just seeing stuff like that is cool. I remember when we were out with Joel, um, when I was out with him, we had a big uh, eagle ray swim by us, which was which was sweet. Yeah, that's sick. I've seen I've seen a few few eagle rays and stingrays and all the whatnot there. Um, I had on one of the first outings of this last trip there. It was neat. You're fishing crustaceans on the bottom there, crab, and then I saw an eagle uh, a ray come up out of the sand and start hunting it. Oh. Like, <laughs> like oh, you ain't stopping. I, I wouldn't no. even know what to do. Uh, I yeah, I don't know either. Do. Like that that would have been, that was on the nine weight I was using too. Oh, so good luck with like, that. <laughs> yeah, good luck indeed, right? Where's the twelve weight when you need it? Uh, if that. I've heard those yeah. things are just those things. They're are muscle and nothing but yep. And then once they stick on once they uh, go flat on the bottom, good luck trying to pull them up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Big it would have been something else, pancakes. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. Barkers, yeah, same thing. You'll see. You have your best shot at uh, the Grand Slam up there. So okay, there's permit where they'll swim sideways. Really? Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Okay, because yeah, we never saw very many permit. We saw a couple really small ones. Saw snook, saw tarpon, and caught a couple bonefish. So yeah, that would be sweet yeah. to see a couple permit at least. I caught. I've only seen small like uh, in the pound to sub pound range. Okay. So. It's not like it's known for. Yeah, we didn't permit, even right? see that big a one. So like they were like very very they, juvenile fish. Yeah, they definitely have uh, a decent bonefish population that's definitely underestimated by most people. Uh-huh. Just like the Ottawa River. Yep. <laughs> that's why I love it so much. It's so oh, yeah, easy to nice. fish, but at the same time, it's a challenge. Exactly, it's a nice quiet island too. Yeah. So. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's decent. It's a slice of paradise, uh-huh. right? So where you are in Rum, going to be staying in Rum Point. There, if uh, if you go out to Rum Point, you yep. can walk that whole flat to the left yes. of the pier and all that. Yeah, man, the number of fish I've seen. I had a school of 200 plus coming straight at me, and they were all in the I want to say like two to six pound range. Yep. It was just insane. This whole cloud. Like this whole cloud of gray just started coming upon me, and it's just like I seriously, it's so like I had the same exact experience. Like I want my goal is to catch one out of Rum Point, just because of how they are so spooky, but they're so predictable. Yeah, like you you can see you you see all the patches of turtle grass and all that. You stand, and all the patches of turtle grass are higher than like the little sand pockets, yeah. right? So they all swim in those po- sand pockets in between the turtle grass, and it's crazy to watch yes. them. You have the, you have so many chances to ambush them. Yes. Just make sure you have your fly on the water. Just make sure it sinks right. That's one of the things that uh, Joel, Joel may stress the importance of, right? Yep. Know how deep you're fishing and uh, adjust the... Adjust your fly accordingly, right? Yep. Chain plastic bead eyes, small bead eyes, big bead eyes, lead eyes, right? Yep. That's the one thing that I didn't even think of, right? Yes. You're missing all these shots trying to get to fish, and you're not even letting the fly get down. Yes, 100%. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a big thing. And the other big thing that I never thought of was always cast in front of them. Like, be oh, yeah. them coming towards you, I guess. I would have yeah, never exactly. have thought about that just because, you know trout fishing and stuff like that you never cast at a fish looking at you so to have a fish they only can come towards you like change the whole way that i fish those so yeah that he's just the best (laughs) he honestly is and i have so much respect for the guy like he's (laughs) he was willing to take me out on his own time there he had a day off took me out it sucks because when he was building uh his rod and all that we were building our rods when we got to the first point there and uh we build his rods he's looking over what i have there and his say jacks there the it just fell over and what i mean by fall over is the tip broke so between 
uh, it was the top section between, I think, the second and third guide from the ferrule, just fell over on it, and that was his day. He didn't really? Even get to go out. He didn't even get to fish with me that day. Oh. <laughs> it was painful to see yeah. that. Yeah. Like, oh, unfortunately, oh. when you're so successful like him, you catch a lot of fish, gear's going to break. Yes. Yep. Like, I see you still see his, his Instagram is updated daily with multiple fish. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's... He grinds, and I mean, like, just talking to him, too, like, he fishes, too. When he's not guiding, he's fishing. Like, he's... Yeah, he's not He's not all talk. That's no. the best part. Yep. Like, there's definitely some guides down there that are more talk, and once you, you kind of realize things and people run their own systems, right? Yes. So he, he has his shit set straight, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know when he's, like when he has a week off and he's going over to Little Cayman and fishing Little Cayman because he has a week off from guiding or something like that. Exactly. You know he's the, the real deal. Just to get away from his own fish. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's, he, he knows what, he has his shit down packed, that's for sure. Yep, 100%. I'd love to go. I wanted to do uh, the island hopping there. It's about 100, I think they, my aunt said it's like 100, 120 bucks. Okay. To do the island hopping, hopping so. Yeah. That might be That's next trip. I was really thinking about it, but at the same time, I was like, man, I kind of got Grand Cayman, like, a little bit figured out now. I don't know if I yeah. really want to waste a day going over to Little yet and, like, yeah. well, starting to loaded. learn that. <laughs> exactly, but from what I hear, though, it's loaded with tarpon and uh, bones. Oh. And then there's, uh, like, I, I guess there's Tarpon Lake or something like yep. that out there yep. that uh, is just littered with all the juvies. So, uh, hey, it would be a blast. Well, you want to... Maybe you, even... Maybe even there one of these days, our vacations will... will uh, I was just about to we'll say, go. you want to start planning the planning the dates for next year? <laughs> yeah. Well, who, who knows, right? I, I've used my... Like, my aunt... Uh, we get we go down right when they decide to leave the island, right? So okay. I'm not to judge that yeah. when I set my dates, but, like, I've been definitely pondering the idea there. Uh, there's this... Uh, that I have my eyes on for uh, for uh, July there. So there you go. We'll there you go. But yeah, we'll definitely have to try to get our dates to yeah. line up there and uh, well, if you, swing at some salty fish. Yeah, and if you Even get some down of these to toothy critters. Yeah, if you get down to Belize too, I want I want the story again. Come back yeah. after that. <laughs> But yeah, hell, even if you come come up north to Canada or I go down to Wisconsin, there we should definitely try to chase some toothy critters there. Anytime, anytime. It's pretty much uh, good from, <laughs> from May till December we can fish, so plenty of exactly. time. Exactly. The best part about me is I can go two hours east. Not not even two hours. I can well, I can really go about ten minutes from my house because <laughs> you're on the Quebec side. And I believe their season goes till like January first or something like okay. that. I'm not sure because I don't. I've never fished it, right? I'm just starting to go in the idea of probably making my season go later. But yep. <laughs> more shots at them. Just trying to figure but, out those dates. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, it's, it's only over till. It's not over till December fifteenth. That's for sure. Oh dang! That's yeah. You got time then. You got well, plenty I got time. of time. <laughs> uh, the only thing that's going to stop me is ice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Put uh, the chains on the trailer and uh, <laughs> just give her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when it's not your boat, too, shh, don't tell Sully. It doesn't matter, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I treat, I respect his boat probably uh, more than I yeah. respect my boat. Uh -huh. like, my yep. boat's the tin can, full 14 foot print scrap, is 16 foot tuna can. Okay. Man. I love that thing. Yeah. You go from a tiller with a nine nine to two feet longer and about a two, almost a foot wider. It's yes. night and day difference. Yep. Like, to have that trolling motor on the front and to be, to be able to do fifty kilometers an hour to spot hop compared to thirty. Yes, night big day. difference. <laughs> it's so much different, and the, the fact that there's storage. Right, you bring six rods out on the boat, and well, five now, and. <laughs> <laughs> Five rods out on the boat now and not trip over stuff, right? You yeah. can fish with two people. It's, oh, I'm yeah. so grateful that he's, he was able to lend me his boat. Like, nothing, nothing says what a good friend that is. Yes, 
hey, here's your boat. I'm going to work. Here, go catch some muskies. Exactly, and uh, he actually was, he was texting me there last night. He's like, yeah, I'm uh, coming back in on the 29th there, so. Nice. He, he's, uh, the best part is the airport is about five minutes away from one of his favorite launches, so going to do my uh, best to make that work out. Go pick his ass up from the airport and hit the lake right away. Exactly. <laughs> hit the Rideau River. That's not a bad plan. No, it's not, especially when I already have all his gear with me. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect then. Exactly. It's one and done trip, right? So. Well, maybe after your guys' season close, we'll have you back on and we can go over how the rest of the season went. Absolutely. I still got some goals to hit though, that's for sure. So Well we can you can finish those up and you can come back on and clean up everything and fill us in on the goals and stuff, that fifty incher that we got late December or something like that. Oh that would be something. Awesome. That would be something alright. Yeah. Well you wanna throw out any plugs or anything like that? Uh yeah, I guess uh, the good old Instagram there is just Scott LaSalle. Um, my good buddy there, might as well give him a follow, David O'Sullivan, uh, I believe it's Sully on, Sully on the Fly. Yep. And then, uh, the good old Austin Mitchell one there, Joel <laughs> Jefferson, 345 on the Fly. Uh, yeah, there's bound to be a couple others, but, like, I think I got a few important ones. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. And that was Scott LaSalle. Thanks, Scott, for coming on again. Um, awesome stories. Go check him out on Instagram. Um, I'll have all that linked down below in the um, comments and whatever. Also on the Instagram page, I'll have him linked. So go check him out. Go give him a follow. Um, so before I get going, contest. So I'm running a monthly contest for a fly giveaway. So it's going to end... November 1st so all you have to do to get entered into the contest is post a picture of you listening to the podcast any episode doesn't matter just post a picture on Instagram of you listening to the podcast tag me in the post and use the hashtag stories on the fly pod that way you'll get entered into it I can keep track there's only a couple of entries right now so I'm gonna pick two people November 1st so super easy to get entered only a couple of entries right now, so you have a good chance of winning. And then um, the two people that I pick can pick a couple of flies, and I'll tie them up and get them sent out, whether it's musky, smallmouth, anything like that. I'll tie up a couple of flies for each one of you who wins. So two people, November 1st, post a picture of you listening to the podcast. Tag me, stories on the fly pod, hashtag stories on the fly pod, and I will pick a winner. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram, austin.mitchell1. That's going to be the easiest place to get a hold of me. Um, ordering flies, giving recommendations for guests, anything like that. Um, yeah, and thanks again for everybody listening. I really appreciate it, um, all the support and everything. So I will talk to you guys next week.